Like the, the first thing to start with is just how profound it's going to be. I don't think people are quite cottoned on to or they, they quite understand just the size of the opportunity. So if I go and pitch this to customers, I always try and put it in some sort of context for them. And we yeah. um, we have a little story and stuff I can play. But um, for you, this is this is where it gets interesting. We'll try and work away a summary. I'm, look, I'm not a content writer. I'm not yes. a graphical artist. Um, I'm not a coder and I'm not a website designer, but um, I can use AI and I can use prompts. Mm -hmm. So the first prompt I put into um, when I was told about this meeting was create me a magazine named at insurance professionals. Um, that's five articles talking about current insurance trends. Yeah. And that's all I typed into chat GDP. And it gave me a description of the quarterly. It called it Insurance Insight. Might need some work on the title. <laughs> yeah. Um, but listen, this is what it did, right? So it gave me the digital revolution transforming insurance in the 21st century. The second one topic, navigating the regulatory landscape, a global perspective. The third one it gave me was something about climate change. Personalized products was the fourth one, you know, the rise mm -hmm. of tailored insurance products. And then finally it was um yeah, cybersecurity. Yeah. So straight away, right. just by using AI and prompts, it's created me the magazine. Then I'm like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Mm. Second prompt I put into Dali. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it, never tried it. Yeah. So the first prompt gave me like, you know, a dynamic visual of interconnected gears symbolizing the complexity. You type that into Dali, it gives you the design. So that was kind of cool as well. Mm -hmm. My third prompt um, was give me the code to create a website from the above and it gave me a code to create the website. And then lastly, the fourth prompt was how do I promote this and what are the most effective channels to promote my um, my magazine? Yeah. And it did all that for me in 20 seconds from start mm. to finish. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a content writer, not a graphical answer, not a coder. I'm not a website designer, but I can do all that in 30 seconds or less. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then if you kind of take that, maybe I should send you the the, the um, prompts and I'll and, yeah, send you what the results were as well, just for interest. Mm. But you take mm. that concept and you go, right, in the insurance world, well, I'm not an underwriter. I'm not a pricing expert. And um, I can't take a technical price and create a product from it. I can't write the product descriptions or the policy documents. Mm. I can't work out what share to give to reinsurers for what value. I'm definitely not an experienced claim handler, and I definitely don't have the knowledge to answer the volume or variety of these kind of customer queries and, and um, complaints and questions that they have. But I can use AI and I can prompt, can use prompts. Mm. And those two stories just kind of set the scene for just how profound this change could be. Mm. Um, and I find that fascinating. And like I said, we've been going around, you know, we talk to insurers, we talk about what we're working on. I'll explain some of that in a minute. And all of a sudden you're kind of seeing these people rock back of it and go, oh, right, this changes a lot. Um, if I take any of those things, like the, one of the biggest areas of the program that we do when we're doing the um, policy administration or we're doing the digital transformation of an organization is, all this kind of policy document and the descriptions and the coverage and then what they have to write. And you're literally now putting this into chat GDP and it's coming out 
better than I could write it, better than most people could write it in seconds. So it's yeah. just profound, <clears throat> absolutely profound. And we did a survey um, a couple of, you know, those at last month with one of the English um, publications saying, you know, where do you think? We interviewed about 60 insurance professionals at a relatively senior level. You know, what's the impact of this? And they go, AI insurance, well, claims, fraud, underwriting, customer support, it goes everywhere. And the use mm. case is pretty much as broad as your imagination. And that's mm. where it gets a little bit exciting because it really is. And yeah. <clears throat> going back to your point, you know, evolution, not revolution, I suppose you'd describe it. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of this already. So mm. a lot of the things that we're describing or I've described to you, it happens in one format or the other. Um, using combinations of machine learning, AI, these kind of terms have become almost interchangeable. Yeah. So the um, the, the definitions, I think, are quite clear um, or need to be quite clear whether, you know, artificial intelligence, which is, you know, this technique that allows the machine or the computer to mimic human behavior, outthink them, outsmart them, whatever you want to call it. And then you have kind of machine learning, which is where we, we mainly are at the moment, which is like a subset of artificial intelligence where we're using a number of statistical models and methods that enables the machine to calculate and improve those calculations with experience yeah um so you know like i say they're currently kind of interchangeable at the moment there's a you know, everyone's putting ai in front of everything but they probably mean machine learning nine times out of ten yeah yeah ai is sort of almost like talking <laughs> about a computer but yeah, yeah it's not just what it is you know yeah. So the use cases, well, again, you know, just going back, it's as broad as your imagination. Um, and a lot of them have become more proven. So, you know, for customers, you know, this next product to buy, the, the upsell opportunities. And um, we're seeing lots of use cases around price re-engineering. Um, you know, it's kind of a number of ways you can do it. You can absorb more data, more data points and you know, run better pricing, gives you a bit more pricing differentiation. And then a lot of the stuff we're seeing as well is re-engineering competitors pricing. Mm. So looking at how they're doing it. And fraud, well, everyone just talks about fraud anyway, but that's pretty sophisticated already. Yeah. Then a lot more of the kind of softer skills or, you know, using the machine to try and not just identify who's going to buy you the next product, but the kind of churn management side of it. You know, segmenting customers so you understand who's likely to churn and why. And then from that, you understand who wants communicating and when. And then more importantly, which is a new one, is just you know, the segment of customers that are happy with you. Just leave alone. Don't communicate with them. Mm. And then you're right through to underwriting <laughs> just by having, you know, larger and larger data sets that don't necessarily have to be structured. Um, and then, you know, a lot of work going into AI recognition of damage and the use of kind of photo recognition software or video recognition software that you're able to, you know, make an evaluation of the damage cost to, you know, a car or a house or something. And then once you know what the cost is, you know how to fit it into the, the supply chain, you know how to fit it into reserving, all that kind of stuff. And that becomes a lot more automated. Um, and then from the finance world, you know, there's a subset of this which is looking at HR analytics as well. So, trying to predict the employees that are best, set, you know, likely to be promoted or retained, or the employees that are trying to 
you know, or at risk of leaving. So it just it literally does touch every part of the insurance value chain. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that leaves you with a bit of a it's like you've mentioned all of these things as a as a small underwriter um, uh, UMA in South African terms. Um, where does this leave you in terms of like it's almost overwhelming as to, OK, so which of all of these things do I tackle? And how much do I, you know, what do I start with and where? So the, the simple answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> Which is, you know, not the, the best example for a magazine article or an interview or anything like that, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do, so we're working with Microsoft and, you know, what we're trying to do is get down to, you know, one or two use cases as quickly as we possibly can. And once it's proven and you, you you have it proven in one scenario, you're able to adapt it to other scenarios very, very quickly. You know, like we talked about. Um, this is the one this is the one case we have worked on very, very you know, successfully. If, if you think about you know, a claim, so you can take a claim from any source, whether it's a call, a chatbot, an email, a web form. And we're currently able to absorb all that data and guide the customer through the process. So if you think about all the different claims you can have and all the different formats, you could submit a claim. There's you know, many thousands of possible paths for that claim to go into the organization, um, depending on its type and its complexity. And then the insurer's workflows as well. Um, I call it like, you know, Harry Potter. Everyone understands what Harry Potter is. It's like a sorting hat comes in. And you know, we feed this data into the sorting hat. And then we can analyze all the different routes that claim can take and you know use the machine learning to say, hey, you know, straight through processing, automatic payment, or we need to refer this one. Or we automatically need to go back to the customer and say, um, we need additional data from you. So that kind of process is all based around trigger points and business rules. And then what these kind of artificial intelligence is doing with these large language models is you're taking that process, which is structured, there's steps, there's rules, there's logic at every bit, and makes it less rule-based. And it's Mm. processing pretty much everything at once. And that's where it gets exciting. And then if you are a a small underwriter in South Africa, well, you're not small, you're in South Africa, they're big. um, Mm. It gets really, really exciting because then you can start to think about where the most appropriate place in the business is to, to start putting this into. And I don't mm. think we'll come on to this in a minute because of the cost side of it, because that's the elephant in the room. Um, but our approach was, you know, as a proof of concept, and we, we demoed this at our user conference we had in Barcelona um, towards the end of April or May last year. And I can't say this word for the life of me, and I think that's why we picked it, you know, the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Yes, yeah. Um, and we, you know, we believe that's the most complex claim, insurance claim in history. Um, there's like 800 documents produced that you know, tells the, the insured, you know, are they covered? How do I claim? Is it going to be from the insurer or government agency, et cetera, et cetera. You know, good luck reading that kind of volume and coming to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. But we were able to um, <clears throat> upload all of the documentation surrounding that, and then you're just able to interrogate it and ask it questions. You know, am I covered for? And it's quite astonishing to see the machine read that, come to the conclusion that would take you or I months 
mm. months mm. to read it, months to understand it. And you know, you're you're able to start kind of extracting these kind of data points in real time now. And I think it's yeah. stunning, you know, stunning. Mm. Mm. Um the other one we did was like wildfire damage. You know, pretending you're a small business, am I covered for smoke pollution? Yeah, most yeah. policies will exclude this. You need some sort of specialist environmental cover. And obviously you're able to interrogate your policy document and the rest of it. Just ask it a quick question like that. Mm. And then you're told no. And then the machine's going to sit there and go, well, actually, if you're told no, we can actually recommend you that you add this cover to your future policies as well. So you're completing that loop. Mm. Um, and the technology is going to be ubiquitous. So as much as the large companies are going to benefit from this, they're going to do it first. The small companies are going to have access to the same toolkit. And and that's an interesting point as well. It's not going to be just for the big boys because you know anyone can use it. We're a year into this as well, aren't we? And yeah, as little as that. And this is where we are, you know. Yeah. I think that's uh, the that's the amazing part is how exponentially fast this growth is. And that, you know, like I say, you know, go back to the that story I told you about the, the claims and the sorting hat. Yeah. Well, that's that's you know, that's really really strong. You know, we're we're, we're straight through processing, you know, eighty percent of, of of small claims now, where no one's touching it, mm. using our existing capabilities. And with these kind of like artificial intelligence, you've got to make that ten percent that it can take you really valuable. And mm. I think the, you know the insurers at the moment are starting to think about it but they haven't quite got into their heads quite how profound this change could be you know like the story i told you about the magazine publication yeah you yeah. know that, that it's 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 going to cover a lot mm. um but there are going to be some things on the way that will slow us down um mm. attitudes one of them i think you know you, just looking at history um there were three companies in the US I always like using the US as examples because it's the biggest insurance market they all speak the same language you had Hippo Lemonade and Root and they promised that they were going to use machine learning AI and the greatest analytics from the ground up um they you know they they promised us they were going to you know redefine insurance using smarter underwriting machine learning the rest of it their performance is the same as a traditional insurance company mm. yeah and that's reflected yeah. in their you know in their share price as well which is like mm. pretty much all of them have you know fallen from you know 90% loss of value of the organization mm. yeah so there's a kind of like a little bit of skeptic skepticism in the insurance industry about you know, this is going to be complex and we've seen people come to us and promise this before and look at the results of it. Um, you know, Hippo's loss ratio, you know, they're really proud. They got it down from 161% to 110. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still a loss ratio. Uh, yeah. Lemonade were the you know, similar story. You know, their claims ratio remains stubbornly the same as, you know, a traditional insurance company. Mm. Um, and rather than, you know, revolutionizing the industry they're now partner with traditional insurers mm. and then root we're using a lot of ai based telematic scoring and driver scoring instead of you know to you know the new the traditional way of scoring based on credit in the us well guess mm. now what they're doing and <laughs> they've gone back to using the same um pricing methodology as every other insurer yes yeah yeah so you've got I, that I, kind of like that balance where it's like the opportunity is as broad as your imagination 
Mm. We've seen this before and we're not quite convinced it's worked because, you know, the companies that have kind of gone full tilt into it haven't had the results that improve them. And then the final one is um, just this leap of faith. I go back to the States again. We'll make some of this relevant for the South African market. But, you know, one of the largest companies, State Farm, um, I think they're 15, 16 percent of the entire U.S auto insurance market and 17% of the home openings market, right? So they're big, 85 million policies. You know, they're as big as South Africa. Yeah. Um, and they've got access to all these tools. But, you know, what does it actually take to support that? Well, it's 58,000 employees and 20,000 agents and office staff and 1.2 billion in advertising every year. Mm-hmm. So you've got this kind of juxtaposition where you're looking at AI and machine learning and saying, hey, it's going to promise the world. And then you've got the what's actually going on around us um, and you know just how that is going to be, you know, much smaller incremental steps. Mm-hmm. So at the macro but I mean, level, is- AI is going to solve all the problems, but the reality is, you know, it's going to be somewhere in the middle and a series of much smaller incremental steps. Yes, but I mean, the, the bottom line is that um if you're not part of that you won't be able to compete you have to take that route Mm. so so however you do it now and however sort of basic you can let's say you're a in south african terms a medium sized player and you're managing reasonably well in the current environment with the basic technology stack etc in the future you're not be able you're not going to be able to do that because they're just going to be exponentially further than you if you have old style technology stacks. Yeah, the technology stacks. So let's go through this. So logically, you know, if you, you, you've got Hippo over there, like a price comparison website. Yeah. And over here, it's like one third, 25% of the market for home and car. Is that's the channel you go into price comparison websites they were created by a south african company um, yeah. but we got the benefit over here and you fill in a questionnaire and you get a hundred different quotes from a hundred different brokers and a hundred different insurers just by filling in the form once you get and i swear yeah. to god the prices um from those 100 different places are like 2000 rand within each other you know least expensive to most expensive yeah yeah. You know, you're talking like a less, you know, less than 10% spread in price covering the top 50. Yeah. And you go, all right, so why is that? Well, everyone's using the same kind of pricing software from Willis Towers, Watson or Ernix, and they're largely mm. losing the mm. same data sets. And they're obviously mm. watching each other like a hawk and reacting to the movements. Mm. If I stick AI into that, the natural conclusion is those 100 quotes are going to be exactly the same price. Because all the data, all the logic, all the power of the AI maths, you know, one AI is not going to get better than another. By definition, it can't be. It's AI. Mm-hmm. So it's going to reiterate and improve itself. And I can't quite get my head around that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to find, it's going to try, keep on trying to find that equilibrium between yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah. So what, we're, what we're doing with customers, you know, this regardless of of size you know we work on multi-tenant our software is multi-tenant um so it has you know all the customers on it one way or the other and what we're able to say is look we're trying to understand you know the market capabilities and we're trying to understand the most valuable use cases and like 
pretty much every tech company we've pivoted and we're focused on this now and we're working with microsoft and a couple of other organizations we're going to uncover one or two of these kind of valuable use cases and then we'll bring it into the demonstration environment you know as, as, as soon as we possibly can and you know like anything new the devil's going to be in the detail and uh, i'll talk mm-hmm. to you about that in a minute but there's no reason why using that kind of multi-tenant approach the biggest company is going to have an advantage over a small company because we want to be able to give all our customers the kind of capacity when we figure out exactly where the best place to point it as it is at yeah mm. so what we're doing with the customers now is you know just trying to encourage them to um think about you know their 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 data models and how they retain data how long for all the kind of compliance side of it and let's build this digital twin of the world around us one thing we do know about our customers is you know they're working with some of the most compliant data sets in the world when you think about the regulation that goes into this so insurance is already this massive you know consumer of compliant data Mm. so if we get this kind of we if we know right our stepping stones to using ai and insurance effectively is going to be building this digital twin of the, the physical world around us you know everything you can know about the person the business the asset the building location all this kind mm. of you know environment and physical attributes around um how they all interact with this it's all there for us so we just need to make sure that we've we're thinking about this long term now um mm. having this kind of 360 record of the consumer the business the the director um the claim when claims are made all of the associated evidence and, and management and now once we've got that um you're able to start using the use cases so risk modeling using ai we can re- you know re- redefine them we can make the predictiveness of the model a lot a lot sharper mm-hmm. um this kind of data utilization in the underwriting and claims well enrich it um we're able to use the new technologies aggregate greater technology uh, greater data sources to enrich it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a massive opportunity in managerial reporting as well, not just mm-hmm. presenting the data, um, but looking across, you know, broader, looking at, you know, bigger and unstructured data sets and expanding that out and not just telling them or presenting them with a, a lovely report. It's actually, you know, here's the actions you should take. And then the AI is probably going to be able to solve the actions they should be taking as well long term. Yeah. there's a you know that kind of level of, of, of business reporting i think it's going to transform itself where you're not just getting the intelligence you're actually getting recommendations of what to do with the intelligence mm. you know this mm. particular segment of customers and this particular location are a problem here's how to probably prevent collisions from happening whatever it may be mm. and then um you know, this natural evolution of automation processes you know we're constantly improving this anyway using combinations of the machine learning models we know about already and we have some proprietary software around decision modeling as well um that's just constantly improving in in two ways whether we can automatically process the payment and the claim um to the consumer or the business or the supplier you know the persons that come out you know doing the remedial work um how can we do more and more of that across you know larger claims so you know more complex claims 
how do we automate more and more of that? Or how do we guide the claim handler through it using you know, natural language programming? Here's the recommended set of actions you should take because of. So I made that joke about the magazine at the start. You know, I could never do that by myself. Same way as I could never be a claims handler by myself. But you're able to take that kind of knowledge that a claims handler with 30 years experience has in their head and make that mm. accessible to everybody. Mm. Mm. And what was that? That was four use cases I gave you that you know, all of them are going to be impacted in some degree or impacted. Um, they're going to grow to some degree. There's four really yeah. big opportunities there. Everything's so go back to the, the small. Let's go back to the kind of, you know, how do you can look at all state compared to a smaller insurance company in South Africa or even the smallest one in South Africa? And the elephant in the room is the cost. Yeah. Like us of us that are looking at this all the time and working with Microsoft and the other organizations we're working with. Oh, my God, the cost is eye watering. Mm. Mm. Um, I think Forbes did one recently. I'll try and find it for you. And it was reported by, um, by them saying, right, if you want to train a, a chat GDP, GPT, I can never say it properly either. Yeah. Um, model on your own exclusive data set you're probably talking somewhere in the region between 20 and 40 million rand mm. and you're like wow okay that's <laughs> that's gonna kind of make it interesting for us isn't it because there's yeah. a lot of money to invest in r d just to you know, experiment and something like that and if you look at um yeah just chat gdp by itself it's what's that 13 million rand a, a day to run um, just to keep the, the kind of chatbot up and running. So these costs are eye-watering and they're, they're, they're mind-boggling. And we, you know, we don't really know the full cost of it yet. But what we do know is the cost will come down as the technology matures. Mm. Um, the benefits, the ROI, the payback will become a lot clearer. And we also know that when we demo it, it's cool as hell. So it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then for the smaller organization, well, there's going to be hundreds of insure techs that are forming at the moment. And, you know, they'll see this and, and you know, see the cost. We work with a number of them that they're partners of ours and um, that do, you know, niche technology that we wouldn't develop centrally. Um, they're forming and they'll figure that costing out and um, mm-hmm. they'll figure out the ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a couple of, of clients i think this is an important message as well you know we've got a, a couple of clients who are 100 percent digital only insurers you know whether they're selling um you know just 100 percent online or they're doing micro insurance policies and they'll apply it first and we'll learn from it because they'll be the ones that you know can they don't have massive call centers already so it's easy for them to start putting this technology in and figuring out how to do it so those kind of four or five points will happen, and and then it will get really really interesting for the for the the bulk of the insurance market. It'll be around choice. It'll be about regulation. It'll be about how they want to to manage themselves. You know, do they really want to replace their call center? It's feasible. Um, or do they want to give customers the choice? And do they really want to um? let the customer just like interrogate a website or an application and get everything they need from it or do they still want that human touch in it somewhere 
and that mm. will depend a lot about the demographics of the customers they're selling to and um, there'll be a lot of hybrid approaches to that it just in terms of the costing that you you're talking about um you know when you spoke about putting your own data into a model like that do you think it will go onto a sort of a subscription model um pay as you you know like a a, a pass service yeah, you've got you've got a couple of things. You've got your virtual machines, all the kind of hardware costs um, that you know the cloud providers and ourselves we can probably take care of an element of that. Um, and then you see a lot of these kind of subscriptions. So the the cost of let's say you know the cloud the the cloud provider that has the tech stack sitting behind all of this. Um, you know you're getting charged thirty cents a, a hit or a query or something like that. So that would naturally lead itself to, you know, those kind of models where you're, you know, pay per use. Um, but there will be, I'd imagine, a sort of level of subscription cost to these as well to fund the setup and the development of it. It's very early days yet. You know, like I say, you know, it's not quite a year, is it? Eleven months yeah. since OpenAI landed ChatGPT. None of us saw it coming. Um, is the mm. other thing. You know, we knew there's all this kind of work going on, but we didn't really expect to see. How quickly it would be captured in the, you know, the public psyche and the rest of it. Yeah, and I think that was probably the biggest surprise as to uh, how quickly it took hold. You know. Yep. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, what are they pointing at? Is the other thing? It's kind of this, you know, AGI. I think they call it. Yes. Artificial yes, general insurance. Yeah, yeah. Intelligence. So you know. Yeah. This hypothetical world where the agent or the chatbot, whatever you want to call it, is as you know smarter than me, mm. or you're smarter mm. than the person. It can yeah, you know, yeah. do any task that I could do faster, quicker, better. Yes, so yes. Surpasses, no, so <laughs> surpasses my mental capacity anyway. Yeah, I I read an article um, yesterday um, from the um, one of the uh, guys from. Open AI, um, where he was saying that you know the the um, artificial intelligence will sort of treat us as animals, mm -hmm. as we treat animals, you know, as not hating us, but um, making a clinical decision as to when are we in the way, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which makes sense, you know. I mean, that's how we work with animals, you know, we. We try and treat treat them humanely, but when we're hungry, we um, we eat them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a fascinating environment, but yeah, I think. I, um, if you look, all right. So that the OpenAI has been going for a decade, pretty much. So it's not like it's yeah they've been working on this for a long time. And I think they announced in 2020 they were going to do it, but they still did it. And we all forgot about it, and then it sort got launched in this last year. So you've got chat GPT, text in, text out, and all the kind of knowledge that came out of that. You've got mm. DALI on the image recognition and generation side of it, um, where you just free text, you just type into the, the generator, I want an image of this in the style of Picasso, it will do it for me. Mm. It's fascinating. And then you've got the third component of that, which is um, the OpenAI's codex, you know, GitHub, Copilot, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember the, the title of it. We'll need to look that up. Um, mm. But that's using AI in the development and coding. Ultra melt, you know, like 
that funny example is ultimately my natural language, how I write into code. And mm. we talk about exponential growth. You know, I have no doubt that they figured out how to use all three of these and write new product service ideas already. And they've cracked how to use AI to, you know, just, you know, it, 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 uh, design, code and ship product. Um, and the, the, the kind of speed, even in the past 12 months, you know, it is mind boggling. You know, I haven't, I'm not that old, but like, I, have you ever seen the velocity of innovation um, from an entire industry? No. Have you ever seen that kind of velocity from a single firm that launched its key product nine months no. ago? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about AI is building AI along with AI applications, you know, this is probably mm. just the start of an you know, entirely new way of doing everything. And mm. we'll, you know, where I probably, you know, would want us to get to a sapiens is this kind of collaborative approach of our customers. Um, it might be too big for one large customer to do by themselves. Mm. They want the ideas from the smaller ones and vice versa. So it will give us some sort of collaboration um, mm. on the technology side of it. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting one. I, I think for a next conversation, most probably you alluded to it in the beginning as well um, about, you know, you sort of almost with everybody using those tools, getting to almost like a anti-competitive environment, you know, where um, nobody can can create a competitive adva advantage yeah. because the AI just scales everybody as advantage to a level. You yeah, know. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's the you know, long term. That's that's the bit I can't get my head around now because I've worked way through the rest of it. We know the use cases. Everyone knows the use cases. Um, but it's yeah. that kind of natural conclusion to this, which is, you know, the computer ain't going to outcompute itself. It's going <laughs> to. What do you do? Can't quite get my head around that. We've got a long way to go. Um, yeah. And when we're talking to the insurance companies themselves at the moment, I think this is really, really important. They understand how much we can automate, um, how much more data we're ingesting at the moment using our, you know, our current capacities and toolkits. And it's really, really good. If I'm going to spend a million dollars setting up AI inside my organizations to give me that kind of 1% improvement on my models, at the moment, for the next couple of years, I don't think you need to do that. You know, I don't think people are going to kind of go, you know, rushing into this. And when we talk to the insurance companies, hey, wow, we're interested. But believe me, this isn't the first thing they're asking about. Um, so we've all gone through this hype cycle. And, mm. um, you know, there's a couple of reasons for this. You've got the shortage of qualified talent, number one. Um, there's not that many people out there that understand this properly at the moment. We all understand use cases. We don't understand how to do it. We don't understand the time mm. it takes to deploy these projects. Um, <clears throat> we don't yeah, fully understand, you know, the kind of environment we need to put in the governance, the ethical considerations around um, AI, which is, you know, why we're lucky because we can use Microsoft to do this and we can we can understand it. And there's an element of, you know, trust. Yeah, yeah. You know, go back yeah. to that root hippo um, lemonade. We all trusted them that they were on some onto something new, and it turns out they weren't. Mm. Um, 
so a number of investors have got you know badly burnt from from that those kind of you know those things so there's a lot of learning that we need to go through and a lot of that's around trust you know i trust yeah. the ai but i don't understand the risk of if their models failed or were wrong mm. and i'm not really in a place now where i can explain it well um you know the machine saying no to something just isn't good enough for the insurance environment yeah and um, we've seen that a lot as well mm. and then my personal yeah, one is yeah no no you know, sorry we, that mm, carry on um i'm not convinced that turkeys are going to vote for christmas yeah yeah so, no, that, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was actually commenting on something earlier today, when um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to attend a discussion on um, AI and fairness and mm -hmm. bias, and that's part of this whole idea, you know, as to, to, to be able to make the AI to be unbiased, you actually have to teach it how to be biased. Um, <laughs> And it's sort of almost like um, doesn't make sense, you know. But yeah, yeah. Somehow we're going to have to try and do that. Yeah, that, that's you know. nice to you know where we are at the moment. It's on the data side, the consolidation of all the data points. You know, the single version of the truth. This customer three hundred and sixty. That's the business driver. You know, let's get mm -hmm. this sorted out so it's machine learned, AI ready, um, at scales that we haven't been able to touch before. And that's really, really cool. And then we've, we've got choices. Um, we know that our customers tend to operate in certain segments. So if they're running this just on their existing customer segments, you are going to start seeing stuff that you know isn't going to help you grow that much because you're just used to, or the machines are used to working on a particular segment of the insurance market. So mm. we know we need to kind of broaden that out a little bit to, you know, to give our customers a little bit more inspiration and a little bit more kind of ability to understand what's going on around them rather than just, you know, their quite narrow customer base. If you think yeah. about the South African brands and who they don't, you know, they don't all compete head to head. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, that's correct. And I think that's important for understanding that kind of bias side of it as well. And then fairness, mm. well, that's going to get regulated. And yeah. Mm -hmm. We can predict largely what's going to happen by looking at the use of credit and in insurance. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. looked at that before. Yes, yeah, I have. Mm. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to build biases in to be able to make it fair. You know, that's, um, yeah, fascinating. I mean, it's a massive topic, but yeah. Um, Graham, it was fascinating chatting to you, and thanks so much for all the information. It was a great discussion. I'm sure Gary would um, uh, love to uh, get a hold of the discussion to hear all your <laughs> uh, musings. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much for sharing. And um, I'll do try and do my bit with yeah. um, with this and um, let you have something at some point to have a look at. Have you the other? This is the last one, right? Have you ever put in um, your Google Trends? yeah yeah and you can this is fascinating and you can type in um ai and insurance for example into google trends and then you can look at the regions yeah and like across the world you know we we're now past peak interest peak interest was this time last year 
and now it's like you can see how people's enthusiasm has gone down a little bit when they realize the kind of complexities involved with this as i find that fascinating and then the second one is you know just looking at regionally which regions are going after this big star and you know still looking at it there's, mm. a, there's a lot there oh, i'll have a look at that thanks for <laughs> that, yeah <laughs> just, a little, just a little bit of a thing you know yeah we'll just it, you know, keep it's you updated probably a bit of a, a rabbit hole to to start that you know going down the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah all the places we can use it but again you know we're doing we're 80 90 percent of the way there for some of this stuff as well you know the ocr you know the, the um, character recognition software that can absorb data from somewhere and then it just becomes a business rule that we can use um so this is going to be like you know the icing on the cake rather than completely transforming everything it might help us scale it might help us you know reduce the cost of a lot of these things yeah um yeah. Even you know the, the, I talked to you about Copilot. You know we're talking mm-hmm. about external services to the businesses or the customers we support, but there's also the internal side of this, which is, you know, how we can code and develop and and test a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And no one's really talking about that side of it yet either. You know, yeah, this, the the AI helping us helping our coders check and validate and and confirm the code they're writing and also mm-hmm. suggesting it and improving it. Mm-hmm. Um. And one day probably writing it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they will be learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, brave new world. Eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what shall we do? Uh, brilliant. L- luckily, um, as you can see from my my headline, I don't have many years to worry about this anymore. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, um, thank you yeah, so just, much. Yeah, keep again. in contact and let me know if you need yeah. anything else and yeah. Um, we've got a couple of customers that are experimenting with this now in claims, but they don't want to really talk about it yet until they see where mm. it lands. Um, so mm. I'll keep tabs yeah. to as to when we can. Yeah, brilliant. Perfect. Enjoy your trip to South Africa when it comes up. <laughs>